Welcome to the Screeners Episode 11. This week in Jump Cuts, Mike and Sully go back to school in Pixar's latest, Monsters University. We talk about Sony and Disney testing home releases of movies that are still in theaters. Josh helps us explore the lingering effects of the writer's strike on film and television, and Chris shares his hopes for a stronger Hulu Plus. Del Toro brings us a world of kaiju and Jaegers. It's either the most awesomest or the most awfulest film of the summer. Find out in our main event review of Pacific Rim. And finally, we dish on television in 2013. What we've loved and what we're looking forward to watching. Let's go. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. This is Chad. This is Chris. Melody. And Josh. And we're back again to talk all things media. We just wanted to take a minute to say if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, drop us a comment at ScreenersPodcast.com or send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. Let's get things started with Jump Cuts. Jump Cuts. Jump Cuts. All right, as we all know, Jump Cuts is our lightning round. We have a couple topics that we'd like to discuss and we each have 60 seconds to give our opinions on the issue and then we'll decide at the end of the question whether they're worth further discussion so let's jump right in and i think melody has the first question Okay, so my question is about a movie i would like to know if any of you guys saw monsters university and if you liked it so chad did you see it i did see it I have to say that I was very happy with Monsters University. I didn't love it. It was certainly not the best Pixar movie that I've seen, but I've been so completely disappointed with their last two films. Cars 2 is by far the worst Pixar movie, and Brave, although it was certainly competent, I didn't really connect with it. I didn't. I just didn't think it was that great. This was just more fun. We had a, a lot of laughs. It's a solid entry right in the middle of their you know, filmography. But overall, I can't I can't complain. I, I liked it way more than I expected to. And I was glad that Pixar uh, seems to be somewhat back. So, yes, loved it very much. All right, Josh, what did you think? Well, I was out of town this past weekend or was about to be when you guys decided what we were going to watch for this episode. So I did not happen to catch this one. Um, my wife and I did just watch the first Despicable Me in preparation for seeing the second one, though, if if that counts. Oh, that's exactly yeah. the same. But, uh, I got nothing. Kids movies, what? Wow. All right, all right. Not a huge surprise there. Chris, did you yeah. see Monsters University? As a matter of fact, I did. And actually, what was cool about this experience of going to the theater was that we were able to take uh, our four-year-old for the very first time to the theater to see her first film. Aww. And uh, yeah, so this is one of those like defining moments, one of those things yeah. you dream about, right? Uh, as being a parent, <laughs> you're like, oh, you're born. When can I take you to the first film? I enjoyed it. I felt like it was a little bit more simplified than their the Pixar's past films have been a little bit more. I mean, obviously they're made for kids, but I felt like it was a little bit more so. But at the same time, it was an enjoyable film for both her and us. Um, there was a lot of funny bits that, you know, would have gone over her head, but were really quite enjoyable for us. I laughed several times. It wasn't a great film, but it definitely was, um, it was good to go see with kids. So, uh, I definitely give it a thumbs up. All right. Well, I obviously saw it as well, um, with our daughter and definitely it was super fun to see it through her eyes, but just evaluating, evaluating it as a film, I, I definitely thought it was entertaining. It was fun. Not up to par with the first one. And I, I could have definitely been really mad at this movie because I do love the first one so much. It's probably my favorite Pixar movie. Definitely one of them. Um, so I had high hopes for this one. And I don't think it completely lived up to them, but it was still really fun. I don't think it had like the magic of the first one. Not didn't quite have the heart of the first one, but it was fun. It was fun. It made me laugh. It kept me in, involved. And uh, yeah. I think you should see it if you like kids' movies or if you like Pixar movies. It's right up there. And I have to say it did make me miss college a little bit because, <laughs> well, like the buildings were all like nostalgic of where I went to college really? a little bit. Where we college, yeah, right? pretty much. Anyway, it was fun. It was good. Number two. 
I read an article that I thought was very interesting, and it kind of goes along with the theme that we've talked about uh, for a few times over the last weeks about theaters trying to find ways to continue to make box office markups and fight people trying to stay at home and watch their movies like Josh would like to do in his perfect world. And so Sony and Disney are tr- are going to put uh, into place a test that's going to allow home streaming while some movies are actually still in the theater. According to the Wall Street Journal, they're the first U.S. studios to ever do this. And so the way it would work, essentially, is that you would have to have a strong enough Internet connection to, to stream the film. Uh, and it'll be uh, happening sometime within the first 90-day window of release. And so, anyway, this is I think this is an interesting idea. And I'm curious, if this was something that was available, I don't. they don't talk about price points here, but if this was something that wasn't cost prohibitive, like the super ticket that was 50 bucks, but something like maybe 15, 20 bucks or something like that, um, and you could see it at home, would you do it? That is the question. And so what do you guys think? Let's start with Chris. Well, you're throwing me off by asking me a question about the article, Chad. I have to say I've prepared a little differently than that. And actually, my first note that you, you've already mentioned is that there is no mention of cost in this article. So that kind of, I don't know, throws me out a little bit. And I guess that they said that they already have been doing these trials. Like this is something that's been going on for a while. Uh, they did it for Django Unchained, Wreck-It Ralph, and Brave. Um, but unfortunately, it's all been in... Uh, North Korea, not North Korea, South Korea. Um, (laughs) Sorry. So, but, you know, South Korea, I mean, yeah, the answer to your question is I would absolutely spend 25 bucks to see a first run film that I was going to go to anyway, because that would be the cost of a ticket for Melody and I to go see a film. So if it's $25 and it's less than the cost of two uh, tickets, yeah, I'd do it. I'd stream it straight to my television and enjoy it that way. That'd be great. Josh, I already know the answer here, but what do you think about this? You're right. You already knew the answer. But to what Chris said, it's not that it's been going on for a long time. It's just that the South Korean release of these movies is, of course, after the American release. So it's a new trial, but for new releases over there, it's the international market. But they're doing it just for international markets now, but you have to start somewhere. And like Chad said, you know my opinion, the sooner the better. Theaters are not ready for this disruption of their business model, but I don't care. I just I can't wait until they decide this is a good the studios decide this is a good business model and just pull the switch and let it happen. I mean, I I don't know. I actually hadn't thought of the cost idea that you guys brought up that the studios would probably charge a premium for seeing a current movie, but it can't be two ticket prices, um, two adult ticket prices in the theater. So I'm all over that, and I dislike theater crowds anyway. So and they dislike you. All right, for good reason, Melody. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely been predicted that this is coming, and I think it's great as well. I think it'll force theaters to up their game. Uh, maybe we'll see some of the other improvements that we've been talking about on other jump cuts or whatever. This might like be the beginning of this revolutionizing of the industry that uh, Spielberg and whoever else it was we were talking about. Um, George so, Lucas. Yeah, George Lucas. That's right. One of those guys. Um, yeah, guy. So yeah, I think it. I think it'll be a good thing. I think that I would. And to answer your question, Chad, I would definitely take advantage of that, especially as a parent with young children. Um, certainly would save me a ton of money because I won't have to pay $50, $60, $70 for a babysitter. Woo-hoo. I can just see a new movie, so that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that, for me, it's going to depend on the kind of movie. There are certainly movies that I would see at home, like This is the End, for example, or comedies, uh, maybe a, a few kind of um, action movies or dramas or whatever. But for me, I really don't envision a time where I would see a spectacle film or a blockbuster movie in my home. I just love the experience of going to the theater, seeing it on a massive screen with spectacular sound. And if it's a movie that's highly anticipated, I like the dynamic of seeing it in a large crowd of people that are excited about seeing the movie as well. It's just a lot of neat things from an experiential standpoint that you get going to the theater that trump the convenience of seeing it at home for me. Uh, And I know we're going to talk about Pacific Rim later, but a movie like that is just proof positive why I want to continue to see film in the theater for sure. 
How about repeat viewings, though, Chad? Oh, Would repeat. you go see a film and then go see it again? Uh, rent it, rent it. That's a very home? good question, Chris, and I haven't thought about it. The answer to that is probably no. I probably would in this case, um, but I'm afraid that the I am afraid that the premium price is going to be more than just two adult tickets because they don't want people yeah. stacking their house, you know, with all their friends yep. and their mm-hmm. kids. So it would a come down to price, but if the price were reasonable, I don't know if there's some way I could like validate and show that I've already seen it in the theater somehow, and they could track that. I don't know. Um, but did you hear? Sorry, did you hear that they 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 were uh, talking about the like the Xbox One with a Connect, looking at how many faces are on the screen and charging you per face? <laughs> what? That is Have creepy. you heard about that? I would put duct tape over that thing. I'd be the end of that. <laughs> well, then, then it probably wouldn't, wouldn't work. Well. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think I would multiple viewings. I would definitely do it at home if the price were if the price yeah. made sense. Number three. All right. So recently, there's been a lot of buzz about how cable TV is, in some sense, kind of the new Hollywood. And I found this article this week talking about how Hollywood hasn't really totally recovered from the writers' strike back in what was it, '08, and over the whole like past ten years or so, we've seen kind of a migration from the big studios down to cable TV where shows are more writer driven than director driven. And we're seeing a lot of big time screenwriters. Uh, the guy who wrote house of cards, for instance, um, and a whole lot of others taking to cable TV as a more primary medium as opposed to selling their scripts to Hollywood. And they're starting to call this the, the golden age of television, or maybe they have been for a little while. And so I'm wondering what you guys think about that and kind of what you think it's going to do to Hollywood, if anything. So, Melody, what do you think about all this? I definitely think that we're seeing evidence of it, obviously, in shows like like House of Cards and Game of Thrones and all of the awesome shows that are out there right now. I, I think TV, some TV has greatly improved, although most of it is still complete garbage for sure. But there, there are definitely some shows out there that are really worth watching and appreciating more so than, than there ever have before. I thought it was interesting in the article that it, um, talked about film being more director driven and TV more writer driven. And I think that that, um, is also another reason why, you know, writers might be flocking to TV because if they have more creative control or whatever, that's definitely an interesting point. Um, but I think that, you know, a viewer is able to invest more in a show and its characters, um, in a way that they never can with, with a film. So, um, yeah, if I were a writer, I can definitely see the benefit of writing for television, especially when they continue to increase the budget and quality of the shows. Chris, how about you? You know, I was amazed that the writer strike still was such, had such an effect on the film industry. I didn't realize that that was still kind of, uh, really a, a, a big deal for them. Uh, and I totally agree that this is the golden age of television. It is fantastic. If you're, um, a television viewer, and I think a part of this has to do with the fact that what we've talking, what we've been talking about is that everybody, not everybody, but most have a better setup than they did 10 years ago in their living room. So they've got a better television, a better surround sound system. And so they can have a theater-like experience with a group of characters that is going to, you know, they'll be able to fall over 10 or 12 hours and get to know them. And there can be some rich storytelling and all this stuff. So, of course, I feel like people are more drawn to that. And, uh, you know, because a writer has more control, uh, they can tell better stories. They can uh, create a better world and a more enjoyable experience for the writer. I mean, for the for the viewer. And so I really I, I love this. I, I it's it's one of those things that I'm really enjoying and having a great time with. And I'm excited to be able to talk a little bit more about television on the cutting room floor, too. It's 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 cool. Jed, how about you? You going to join the bandwagon here? Well, yeah, no, I love television right now. There, I, I, I was trying to think back when I was in college how many shows that I watched on television and even when I when I got out of college the net first few years when I even when I had a lot more free time on my hands and I didn't really watch a lot of television because to be honest with you there wasn't a lot of good quality television outside of the West Wing and a few other short shows that I really enjoyed I think primarily the reason that 
writers are going to television is because Hollywood is now so profit-driven. Not that they haven't always been, but with the ballooning budgets where a movie has to make $200, $300, $400 million worldwide to be profitable, studios are willing to crank out garbage, paint-by-numbers kinds of scripts. And so the best writers, I imagine, are probably more attracted to television where they can actually create stories and characters that have an arc. And that's probably why they're there, which is better for television. So yay TV. Indeed. Josh. I'm just going to have to be a broken record here because just like simultaneous releases of in theater and at home movies, I'm all for this too. Because when a movie's done well, it you know it's nice to have a little self-contained escape from reality that's over within the span of two hours and then either you talk about it or you don't. Um, but if you're like me and you kind of like to live vicariously through your media sometimes – you, you just can't beat TV. The character development, the backstory, everything that makes a good story a story. Like My favorite books tend to be on the long side, and this, this is kind of the same thing. You have, you have one adventure in the span of a, a movie plot, but you can feel like you've gotten to know people by the end of a run of a TV show. Like I sobbed like an idiot during the last episode of West Wing, after seven years, or actually I binge-watched that one, so maybe one year, the, the people almost felt like family. I mean, you no tear doubt. up in a movie once or twice, but that's almost always due to uh, you know, a vivid depiction, but it's not the same thing. So bring on the golden age of television. All right, guys. So speaking of television, uh, Melody and I are cord cutters, so we don't subscribe to any cable television. And one of the main ways that we get our programming is through a service called Hulu. And about a year ago, I'd been hurry, I'd been hearing things about the fact that they were trying to sell Hulu to one particular company because at the moment they were uh, Hulu was like a conglomeration of several different media companies. I think Disney was there, uh, Fox. Um, NBC Universal. Uh, those are the three main main companies that are kind of a part of Hulu. And so for about a year, they've been trying to sell it off, but they just announced that they were not going to sell anymore, that they were going, the three corporations were going to invest $750 million back into the site to make it better, to make it more robust, and ho- hopefully to get more more content and, and scale it up uh, quite a bit. And so uh, I'm excited about that, and I just wanted to hear what you guys thought of First of all, Hulu, the service, and then what you think maybe $750 million might do to help uh, boost it and make it even better. So uh, let's see here. Who am I going to first? Josh. Well, <laughs> let me start off by saying I'm going to I'm about to go back into the archives and I'm going to count the episodes where you don't say that you're a cord cutter because I don't <laughs> think there are any. I think Probably you said not. that every, every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> but... As far as Hulu goes, I've I've never really gotten into it because, sadly, I do still have cable. So I can't really say I'm excited either way about it, about the sale or the non-sale. I will say, though, that it's always a good thing when something you like doesn't get bought by Yahoo. So uh, congratulations, <laughs> you that. Too. Right, right. Melody. Well, I am definitely an avid Hulu Plus user. It's probably where I get at least 90% of my TV content. So I, for one, am glad to hear that it won't be disbanding or anything like that. Um, Hopefully we'll be improving. Um, I think Hulu is genius. I use it all the time. I think it's great because it actually does get me to watch ads. Now, I don't want to watch ads, but like I'm willing to watch certain short ads on Hulu um, as opposed to like a DVR where I would just fast forward past everything. So I definitely think, you know, they have a good thing going and I'm... I'm interested to see what they'll do with the $750 million. I'm not quite sure what they'll do, but, um, you know, make it better. That's good. Sounds good to me. Chad. First of all, I hate the fact that I paid 8 bucks a month or whatever it was as a Hulu Plus member and still had to watch ads. That's ridiculous. Number two, I like the idea of Hulu. The problem that I had with Hulu, and I joined, I've been a Netflix subscriber for quite some time, and I as with Josh, I am also a cable subscriber. 
primarily for sports, and uh, they have the best internet option for where I live. But the problem I had with Hulu, and I, I, I tried it for three months, is there's just not enough content. There's just not enough stuff that I haven't already seen or that I want to see. And as someone that is still subscribed to cable, I'm not willing to just go, hey, that looks like an, an old show that may be interesting. I'll jump into that. I want the current stuff. So what I hope they do with that $750 million is license some more content. Because in my opinion, that's what's really missing from Hulu Plus. And I canceled my membership after three months because I just wasn't using it. So that would be my hope is if they get more stuff there, I'll come back. It's really interesting. People always mention the ads, but just as you said, you're a cable subscriber and you're still getting ads. Um, that's just the way television works, unfortunately. I mean, I'd like them to switch that, but that's just a part of television. If you're going to be a cable subscriber, you're going to yeah, get ads. If you're going to be a part of DVR. I skip them on my DVR, DVR yeah. I understand that, but still, you're going to be getting pop-ups, you're going to be getting lower thirds, you're going to you're going to be sold in some way, shape, or form uh, while you're watching the while you're watching the content. Uh, unlike that in Hulu, you you can actually you watch one 30 second commercial or maybe two 30 second commercials, and then you're right back into your programming. Um, and I don't find it at all hugely distracting or whatever. But anyway, seven hundred fifty million dollars, it's a huge chunk. I like you said, I hope they get more content, more providers on. And also, I really feel like this this whole thing this past year with Hulu has been like a power play by the three companies to oust the CEO of Hulu because he left in March. Uh, and then suddenly, right after he left in March, they're like, oh, never mind. Now we're going to invest back into it and make it better. Uh, so I have a feeling that they wanted to get rid of the CEO and uh, maybe move forward with a new, in a new direction, which I, I hope is a better one. So anyway, I'm excited about it and uh, I'll be tuning in. All right, I guess that about wraps it up for the jump cuts. Let's head right into the main event. Welcome to the main event. Okay, our main event this week is an in-depth review of Pacific Rim. We always thought alien life would come from the stars. But it came from deep beneath the Pacific. What the hell is going on? In order to fight monsters... We created monsters of our own. We needed a new weapon. The Jaeger program was born. Two pilots, our minds, our memories, connected. And man and machine become one. Today we face the monsters that are at our door. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. But it is pretty cool. Pacific Rim. Okay, the summary for this film reads, As war between humankind and monstrous sea creatures wages on, a former pilot and a trainee are paired up to drive a seemingly obsolete special weapon in a desperate effort to save the world from the apocalypse. Pacific Rim is directed by Guillermo del Toro, uh, written by Guillermo del Toro and Travis Beecham, and starring Charlie Hunnam, Idris Elba, and Rinko Kikuchi. So I know, I'm pretty sure that we've all seen this film. I guess I'm not 100% sure that Josh actually saw it, but um, <laughs> we never we'll go are. Ahead. <laughs> we never are. We'll go ahead with some uh, opening thoughts as to what you guys um, thought of Pacific Rim. So Ooh. Chris, what did you think? This movie is made for me. I mean, absolutely made for me. I mean, you guys made fun of me uh, the entire time for being a Michael Bay guy. Uh, I love Transformers. Really enjoyed that film. Uh, and I got to see Pacific Rim in true IMAX 3D. I mean, this is the, you know, whatever it is, five-story uh, tall screen, amazing sound, awesome 3D. Uh, it was it was quite, quite a great experience. I have to say, number one, I'm not a huge fan of anime. And I saw this film with uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And they are fans of anime. They they really enjoy that that genre, and uh, I have to admit there was a lot of moments in this film that I really didn't get. Let me say let me say start off by saying this movie is stupid. It is really dumb. Uh, this movie started out like a film I thought I was going to really like a lot, and then we finally meet the characters about twenty minutes into the film, uh, and I realized I was in trouble. Uh, we meet the main female lead character, 
and then a science the, the, the two scientists that are in this movie uh, and I began to question my like of this genre they really bugged me and I, it, there was this Really, it was just a trope after a trope after a trope that this movie kind of fell into. I thought they were setting up something that was going to be really, really cool and great. But then I realized I was in a film that really wasn't made for me. It was made for someone who enjoys this kind of of movie, this this anime, very Japanese, very, you know, I don't know. This is a, this is a different style of uh of movie. So anyway, there's there's an article I'll talk about a little bit later that I came across that I I, I enjoyed. But that's my my general thoughts. Wow, there you have it. Uh, Josh, did you see the movie and did you like it? Well, I thought the best part was when the little yellow Camaro turned into a robot and started <laughs> fighting the. Wait, did I watch the wrong movie again? Is this the one where Japan gets attacked? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. <laughs> So no. So no, I like I said, I was out of town and I didn't see it. <laughs> oh my And word. I was gonna say, Josh, welcome to the Screeners podcast where I we rely- watch things. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna introduce my thoughts by saying I'll just need Chris to sell me on why I should see the Power Rangers movie, but apparently that ship has sailed. <laughs> so okay. I guess all I'm left with is Chad. Chad's got to tell me how awesome this was. Well, Go, Chad. From Chad. Well, first of all, the fact that Chris Farrell can actually sit in this review with a straight face and compare Transformers, Michael Bay's kinds of movies and look at this and call it stupid blows my mind straight <laughs> out of both of my ears. Because this movie is high art Spielberg compared to Michael Bay's Transformers films. I'll give you the first Transformers, (laughs) the second and the third Transformers movies. You want to talk about tropes and you want to talk about things that are hackneyed and thrown together and unintelligible and offensive and just horrible. And then you want to watch this and say that it's it's bad. I can't even wrap my mind around that, but we'll get into that I'm sorry. I'm not saying this movie is stupid by... By making it a insult, I'm just saying this movie is very stupid. Not, not. I don't mean that to be like a. Never mind. Yes. It's very base. I don't mean we'll, stupid. We'll come back to you. Stupid. We'll come back to you in a minute. So here's my thoughts. Here are my thoughts. Okay. First of all, I love this movie so much. It's not oh my even. Gosh. It's not even fair. Now listen. Yes. Wow. I, I completely recognize the fact that the writing, the writing is suspect. Um, it's silly. Sus- it, hey, let me talk. You talked. It's my turn. You go. You go. It's you go, silly. Right. It has a very convoluted plot while at the same time being very simplistic. Uh, it is trope after trope after trope. But a lot of those tropes become tropes by being effective. And when they're in the hands of a director that is very interested in the fantastical and creating magical worlds and experiences, and he is obviously a hardcore genre enthusiast, and you can tell that. I love this movie way more than I should have. So at the same time while watching it and going, wow, this is bad, I could not stop smiling. My theater erupted into applause multiple times, including, folks, the first time ever, a standing ovation. And I am not kidding. What? At at the end of, there's a specific battle, and we get into spoilers, we'll talk about it. There was, at the end of a battle, my audience, like, stood up and cheered. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Anyway, I love this movie. I absolutely love it. It's not a good movie. It's really really silly and it's really kind of weak around the edges but I walked out of the theater just like man this is when I was a little kid and I and I, I was a big Voltron I loved the Voltron toys and watched the cartoon and in my mind as I got older thinking what could that be one day if this were on the big screen it was my Voltron dream come true but it's way better than anything Michael Bay ever did with Transformers it's not even close because their story and actual characters and we can talk more about that later but my overall impressions were huge humongous thumbs up yes loved it okay well we have some differing opinions here i uh for me definitely was a beautiful amazing looking movie uh we saw it like chris said in the full real imax and i had forgotten like the difference between real imax and like the the faux faux max or whatever that we usually see stuff in um so it was definitely like in fully uh, full immersion into this film 
my thing, what I just, I didn't know that I was going to see a live action anime. Like I just didn't know that from the trailer. I thought it was, I didn't know that's what it was going to be. And so I'm sitting here watching the movie and wondering what in the world is up with these characters and why are they such caricatures to the point where you, you can't even relate to them as like real people, but yet it's interesting and intriguing because they're so like over the top. And then like somewhere along the way, it hit me like this is a live action anime. That's what I'm watching. And then suddenly it made sense. Like Chris said, we went to see it with my brother and he's like an anime geek. And apparently this is like completely classic mech anime, but um, like the whole storyline or whatever that it's a mech anime. So for anyone out there who might know what that is, there you have it. But like for me, I'm not really sure basing my basing this opinion off of the animes that I have seen and not really liked. I'm not sure that like a logical deconstruction of plot or character is really necessary with a movie like this because it's supposed to be completely over the top, (laughs) completely. It's supposed to be like a spectacle, an Uh. anime spectacle. And that's what it was. And I liked it. In fact, I loved it. And now, personally, I would have liked it more if I could have also had a connection to the characters, if I could have understood some of the plot choices But for me, like, I respect the film for what it is, which is a live action anime. And I think it was a grand display of movie making magic. Bravo. Bravo. You are right. You are you know, right. I, th- I think I think we're going to apply the logic of that argument to every film. This is just supposed to be a blockbuster. We don't need to deconstruct the plot. You I mean, are like, the grand like king no. of like <laughs> loving the action blockbusters. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm about to why, say. Why, let me why cut don't we give together this a pass every because time. Because you like it, though. That let, doesn't make any sense. Let me cut together every time you said, "I want to walk into the theater and turn off my <laughs> brain and just enjoy the ride." So right, not, exactly. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. That's right. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that has not been your argument the entire time. Or, or your argument there, Chad? No, I agree. I didn't turn my brain off. I admitted the shortcomings of this movie while mm-hmm. still saying I can only respond to how I respond. Every movie that I've seen this summer, this has been a weak summer, in my opinion, as far as like blockbusters. I didn't like Iron Man 3. You know, yeah. Man of Steel was was great, but not as great as I had hoped for. You know, After Earth, World War Z was good, but there just hasn't been anything. And I, I, I left this movie like, wow, I just, I love it. I don't know yeah. why. I love it. I do. I'll tell you one thing that it really makes a big difference for me that I, I think Michael Bay could really go to school on here is that when these massive creatures fought and you get a sense of the scale when they're fighting in the city, you can follow the action. You completely yeah. understand what's happening. Well, you see what's yeah, going exactly. on. The quick- I, I was... I, I, I agree with you, and I agree with all that. And one of the points I made that I didn't say, and I, I totally, I, I loved the actual fight sequences. The action in this film is amazing. Amazing. It's, it's great. You can follow it. It's awesome. Everything about it is great. Mm-hmm. The problem, the thing that ruined the entire movie, not honestly ruined it, but the thing that I, I found hard to get around was how crazy the the characters were and how you know how they got to where they were going it was just very very yeah uh, but if you look at it in the lens of just pretend you're watching an anime for five seconds oh it, everything makes sense I understand that I just don't like anime hold on hold on I just don't like anime I don't either anime is not anime is not just a little kid's art form anime is not no, just Pokemon. I know I know I know you're right. Good an good anime is like good sci-fi. Right. It it looks into the human experience. And yeah. if if you what you're saying is this is it's this maybe is what JJ Abrams anime. has okay. done for Star Trek. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, it, this is this is this oh, is you and your whatever. <laughs> to, I, I knew again, would hear that. if I would yeah, if I would have not had these characters in it, if I was just sitting down and I was just watching like special effect movie X or whatever it is. This is this would have been an awesome film, but they tried to inject some subtext to I, like relationships. I don't think they and did. All this kind of oh my goodness! Oh, I'm sure they, they did. did. I think we should go to spoilers so we can talk about it because they, there are some points to be made there. There's there just some interesting like moments that I just like. The, obviously, you're trying to do this with the characters, and you're trying to say that with your plot, but it just doesn't work. And and I wish honestly. I wish they would have gone more Michael Bay with it, where oh it would God. have been just completely dumb and gone to did that because I felt like I was trying to be preached to, and I was just like, man, that is a really dumb way, over the top way of you trying to tell me about my relationship with my brother or my best friend or my wife or whatever it is. It just it just felt so over the top and just 
pushed. So, I simply anyway, cannot. I simply cannot stand for any statement that is. It needed to be more like Michael Bay. All right. I, I just can't that. let that I go, said, Christopher. I said that. Thank I know, you. I know. I said that to be a little controversial. I know, I know. But see, here's the, the interesting thing is that I had, and I'm not just trying to be contrarian here. This is true, my experience in the film. I enjoyed, and, and as I was watching it, the stuff in between the set piece battles is what really got me invested in the whole thing. Because even as silly as some of the stories and the arcs of the characters were, as opposed to a Transformers film, I really felt like these stories all had some sort of arc. Even the side characters that tied it together for me in such a way that I was invested and I wanted to know what happened to them. I cared about some of the relationship stuff. I liked the way that they brought some of the stuff together. And so it's the stuff that you hated, Chris, is a lot of the stuff that I actually really liked. And so it made the battle scenes even better. And just real quick to talk about the the battle scenes, I think Man of Steel could take a serious lesson from this movie as well as far as, you know, the ending of Superman Returns for me just got a little long and a little repetitive. Man of Steel? Man of Steel, or Man of Steel. Super- yeah, sorry. Yeah. Man of Steel, excuse me. A little repetitive and all that stuff, whereas this movie, it felt like it just kept getting bigger and bigger and better and better. And I was just so excited all the way through all the way through the end. It just it really I- knew how to crescendo into some great, meaningful action that had stakes. I agree with all of the action set pieces. They were all, I mean, when that mech picked up a ship and started hitting the, oh my goodness, the, the monster, I mean, come on, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, crazy but awesome. it was, it was, it was very, very cool. There was awesome moments in this film, but I, I watched a show um, on, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the red letter media or not, uh, but they do a show called the best of the worst. And basically they just find these old random VHS B movies, C movies, really. I don't even know what you'd call them. And they watch them. And I just felt like a lot of the in between moments in between the action moments were that like him trying to find his whatever companion, whatever co-driver, co-pilot, you know, why are they, why do they have to fight in a dojo? Why? You know what I mean? Like it was just really, because it's awesome. Oh yeah, but that, that that this seems so just anime. Yeah, anime. It seems so anime. Ah. He was going, he was modeling after this specific genre. But you, have, you know nothing about this. You know nothing oh, about I anime. I know enough. I know enough to know that's exactly what it was. We need okay. to go to spoilers. Let's let's give our overall yes or no, thumbs up or down. Chris, should they see it? Uh, yes, you should see it in the theater in IMAX 3D, and just know that you're not going to get characters. You're going to get an awesome action visual candy (laughs) okay josh you get no vote chad should they see it there has never in the history of cinema been a film more suited to being viewed in imax 3d than this one you must see it in the theater you must see it in imax if you can you must see it in 3d and i disagree with chris i think that if you go into this knowing that it's going to be just a big spectacle fun this is what a summer blockbuster should be you're going to love it i cannot recommend this film highly enough and i will definitely be seeing it again in the theater it was great yes i also agree um if you are going to see this movie definitely see it in the theater see it in 3d see it in imax for sure we actually have uh these motion seats uh at the theater where we are right now so i'm hoping that we'll see it again uh with the motion seats the motion seats were not in the imax so we voted for imax 3d over motion seats but perhaps if we go back again we'll do the motion seats but yes see it uh in the theater for sure all right, let's go to spoilers. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, well, I know Chris has uh, some sort of article of all the things that are wrong with this movie, so I suppose we have to hear about a few of them. <laughs> no, I, again, I don't think, I agree partially with your argument that we don't need to nitpick this apart, but one of the one of the awesome articles I found was by uh, Laramie Legal uh, from at Laramie.com. He wrote an article called, called The Ten Most Egregiously Idiotic Things About Pacific Rim. <laughs> and uh, it is, it is, it's, it's quite amazing. And, and I agree with a lot of it because a lot of the stuff definitely took me out of the, the movie, especially the character stuff, like the zany scientists, um, how they got from point A to point B, just crazy, crazy just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but I agree it doesn't make any it it doesn't help anything that we nitpick it apart but if we still agree I think on the fact that this movie is completely crazy and stupid 
and nuts on on the surface. Um, everything else is fine. I just didn't I, know that, that was what I was getting into. Do you I know what I mean? Like, I, I will not say that this movie is stupid. I will say that it's ridiculous, but it's not stupid. It it's doing what it's doing intentionally and doing it very well, in my opinion. It's not. I, there are examples of movies that are trying to be something. Let and me give you not, an, and those movies are you, stupid. This isn't. Let one me of give them. you an example of stupid. Okay? I agree with you about We're, the scientists. By the way, they annoyed me, especially at the beginning. They kind of grew on me a little bit. But I agree. Those are the, are silly. The, the plot of the film is that the Jaeger program is being, like, discontinued, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've got a much better way to keep these monsters out that apparently, hopefully, they've tested and they know this is the better way of going. And this is going to be – and then we're going to cancel all Jaegers before anything – But okay, so this is going to be a wall. And somehow they get through this wall. In the movie, they say – what do they say? In, like, three hours or something like that? And then it's over. And that was their that was their big plan is that they're going to build a wall. That's stupid. That is that's a dumb plot point that makes no sense. And if they would have. okay, so you're really you're nitpicking over the fact that they wanted to build a wall. I'm just saying that that's stupid. They they, they try and do this world building type stuff. And that just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me is is why in the world would they abandon the Jaeger program well it wasn't it's working only, first of all they they had said that they were getting the attacks were getting more frequent they were getting stronger and that the Jaegers were dying or getting defeated and so it wasn't working they needed another something and so what do you but, try if it's not working you try something else well and, if you try it but you don't but at least you don't get rid of the thing that is somewhat working I mean they would canceled everything they weren't building anymore there was only what five left at the beginning of the film uh and i I think they just did that so that they could have plot uh, control to just well yeah the story but also so that you they could just completely go rogue and you know a commander could and that's another that's that's another interesting point did you realize that not a single order in this film was carried out or taken like (laughs) like Idris Elba would be like Go do this, and they'd be like, "No, we're Jaeger pilots." Are you really? And they'd go do this. Are you really complaining about people yes. not following orders yes. in movies? I am. Are you I am. serious? I am. I am. <laughs> I just feel. Have like you ever seen a movie? <laughs> completely not necessary for this. Here's film. my badge and my gun. Oh please! And I thought the world build, building was great. I mean, you got a glimpse into the new. Um, the first twenty minutes was awesome. No, yes, more than the first twenty minutes, and I, I really that caught me off guard because I thought that this whole story was going to be the whole story of how these creatures attacked the, uh, the world and then how they built these things to fight them and then at the end we sh- knew that we could stop them but that's not that story is over in like the first 10 15 minutes and right, it's at yeah. the end of that cycle i loved that i thought that was great cuz now we can get I to, to the story and i thought the, the world they built people. yeah i thought the world around it was great the the whole thing about you know selling off the parts and the religion and the glimpse into the dimension that they came from at the end all that stuff is what uh, Guillermo del Toro is known for is you know creating his his universe his world so I thought he did a great I, job I love Hellboy 1 and 2 I, I love the, uh, those films are beautiful and cool and, and and a lot of fun I just felt like this movie he got a little uh, it was just a awesome. lot he was trying to cover and it, for me it just felt like I wasn't able to latch myself onto what was going on in the world. I, like again, I told you like the first 20 minutes of this film with that world building before his brother died or whatever. I, I liked that world. It, it was great. I wanted to I wanted to see more of it. I liked it the fact that like you said Chad it wasn't us trying to build the Jaeger program. It was, you know, at the end of that life cycle and then us, you know, trying to find But anyway, that 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 was a a couple of things. But okay, so let me talk about my real not my real gripe, but one of my big gripes is that they try to paste this subtext of relationship and how we handle relationships by having dual pilots connected uh, via a, I don't know, what do they call it? Um, neural mind handshake. Link, a neural no, handshake, yes. That's actually pretty cool. I like that. Um, and and then, you know, they talk all kinds of things about, like, what that means and the connection that you have and being disconnected from the person that you love and all this kind of like stuff. How, how, what did you guys what did you think about that part of the film? Like, OK, I'm I, not that I think tearing apart, apart the plot is necessary. But one thing that really did bother me was that if 
Idris Elba's character was like the father of this girl or whatever. And they're both not the father, but the father figure in her life. They've known each other forever. Like, obviously, they would have the strongest connection of any of those people there. Why are they not piloting together? I don't understand. Because he said that he physically could only do it one more time and then he would die. They made that clear. Well, why didn't he do it that time? That was the time. I don't know. Instead, he goes with that one dude who's got an attitude. I don't know. That just bothered me. If 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 that was going to be a thing, then. You know, I think right. that would have made a lot more sense. But a good who point. cares about making sense anyway? Yeah. I thought that it, I thought it was a little bit cheesy the whole the whole connection thing. I don't think I think if they were going to flesh it out, they should have gone deeper. I didn't but. get the sense that they were trying to be. You know, and certainly this movie isn't subtle, but I didn't get an overt. Uh, preachiness about any kind of relational subtext in this movie. What? I just no, I didn't. I mean, you've got you've got the pilot. And I don't know his name. You know, the guy who's trying to overcome, you know, the tragedy of losing his brother uh, at right. the beginning. You've got the which you find out later. You've got the father and son team. You know, they have their dynamic. You have certainly the people that were underutilized, the Russians and the and the as uh, the Japanese group. I guess I wish they would have had more time with them. But yeah. talk, I, I, talk about stereotypes types too by sure, the way. Sure, of course, whatever, but I didn't I didn't sense any kind of relational subtext that they were trying to push there. I just thought that it was I thought it was a neat way to it doesn't make any sense, but I thought it's a neat way two sides of the brain, it takes two people and they share each other's memories. I thought that was cool. And it, and it no. the, the thing that I liked about it was that it really translated into the action scenes when they were controlling in the fights. I just didn't understand how that relationship worked. I, I didn't understand like the the mechanics of that whole thing. Like I felt again like they were they wanted that to be cool, but it didn't really Chris, make a whole. Lot it of was sense. cool. <laughs> it was cool. Those uh, fights where those where they're engaging and they're ripping the thing guys out of the hole, and you can actually yes, you know, that was yes. amazing. All that stuff no, I, was great. What do you mean it wasn't cool? And the way no, no, that no. they controlled and communicated the action was great. The, was great. The action was great. I just didn't get like you said the world building stuff. I just I didn't get a lot of that. Like if, I felt like it was very much hey we got a cool idea here's the subtext we're gonna go with yeah it's gonna be about relationships and like you know what happens in your relationships and getting over them and forging new relationships that are maybe even stronger and allows you to do more things and it just it, it definitely to me felt like they were trying to make a film it just sounds like a was, story what it just sounds like a story i don't i don't see right. this overarching message yeah a guy lost his brother he's all messed up about it but he's one of the only people that can pilot this but jaeger now, yeah but so they bring him in and he finds his match and the dad doesn't want him want his daughter the to big go deal is, is that, i mean is come that you, on you get to sh- you get to share like your emotions and your memories and, your and, all, memories. and he doesn't want to let anybody in it's I like think, it's I literally maybe, like i don't want to let anybody in and it's like literally that way i think maybe because we're such sci-fi fans that we see the missed opportunity maybe yeah. that could have been here for for interesting commentary and subtext right. and maybe just the fact that it was a missed opportunity like, is what's frustrating you i feel like i'm being i mean Again, I, I know obviously I like Transformers, and I know that oh that, gosh, that is gosh. a. And I feel like I'm giving this a. I'm comparing this just because it's 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 giant. Well, yeah, it's a, it's an apt comparison. There's no doubt. I do think that this movie is better than in every way. Yay! I'm I, I I feel like I'm giving this this movie a really hard time just because I think the point you make is I I was hoping it was going to be a little bit more than than this because it's Guillermo del Toro because it just you know I was like oh man this is going to be a really cool just thing but instead I feel like it's much more on the level of like Starship Troopers that is much better executed and like a much better Starship Troopers I'm just saying it's that 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 kind of like world building like feel like you have to admit Starship Troopers is quite a cool world you know what I mean and it's a well fleshed out you feel like you are part of that thing I just I feel like this is a well fleshed out well done world I just feel like man I wish it would have been better executed well I, I think disagree. that we probably discussed this film yeah. long enough but um yeah I enjoyed it Chad enjoyed it I so. loved it go see the this movie you. is awesome well, hang on I, I enjoyed it I just did not love it I did not I don't, I don't think I'm going to go see it again. I loved it. It's so awesome. All right. Yay, movies. There you have it. <laughs> the Cutting Room Floor. All right, so this week on The Cutting Room Floor, we're going to be talking about television. We're going to be discussing a little bit about what we liked 
in this past spring, some of the shows that we really enjoyed, and then also some of the shows that we're looking forward to, maybe some of the summer releases as well as what's coming up in the fall. So let's first talk about what we enjoyed in the spring. And I think this is probably just going to let this this discussion kind of flow naturally. So as we bring up shows, we'll kind of chime in and go on from there. So so Chad, what what were some of the shows you really enjoyed in the spring, man? I didn't have a lot of the the old standards there, and I say old standards like within the last several years that I enjoyed were of course, and I'm not going to name them all off cuz I feel like we may our list may cross over, but Breaking Bad, right. I really loved Breaking Bad and Mad Men, of course. Uh, my favorite show by far, though, was House of Cards. I think we talked about that. I loved, ah, loved House yeah. of Cards. And, of course, my old standby, Grey's Anatomy. I love it. Love it. Wow. So I love it so much. I want to kiss it. And I just love it so much. But I'll tell you. I just, wow. Shut up. Okay. Shut your face. It is beautiful. You love that show so yes. much you're going to kiss it? I'm going to hold it and make cookies for it and brush its hair. Yes. I love it so what? much. Yes. Now what be quiet. Happening? It's so great. Now I will say this though, there was a there was a show, a, a kind of a high concept show that came out in the spring that I was really looking forward to, and and I and I liked it, but it got canceled. And that is Last Resort. I don't know if any of you guys watched that. It was the show about yeah. the uh, nuclear submarine that was stranded on an island. And I watched the first probably four or five episodes, and I was really starting to warm to it. The production value was not quite where I wanted it to be, but I thought the the concept was really had a lot of potential. But it was like me and six people in my neighborhood were the only people that watched it. So, uh, so it was canceled. But, but that was it. You know, um, House of Cards for sure. Mad Men, Breaking Bad were were both uh, good as well. And and also, I guess I could mention. I think Modern Family keeps trucking along. I, I keep waiting for that show to get worse. And it might not to be get quite funny. No, that show's funny. Oh, that show's it's very good. funny. It's, it's so, so good. good. It is so good. And yeah. I really, I really enjoy Modern Family. So that's what I loved uh, in the spring. All right. Uh, Melody, how about you? Um, my favorite show of the spring, hands down, was Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm definitely a huge fan of uh, Game of Thrones. And yep. I, I have to say, though, I did not um, love the season finale. Obviously, I won't talk about any specifics in case people might be concerned about spoilers. But um, well, I was I was disappointed with the season finale of Game of Thrones. But the the penultimate episode, as they may call it, the one before the season finale, was crazy. Yeah, yeah, but isn't so, that um, isn't that kind of their pattern? Isn't it usually? Yeah, it is yep. their pattern. You know, so the, it's like they're why. giving us. It's like they give us the first episode of the next season. Yeah, uh, and, season you know, finale this, sets yeah. up the following season. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I wish I kind of like because then, you yeah. know, because you always left most shows do their, you know, big blowout very end and credits and you're like, yeah. oh, man, there's nothing for another, you know, six months or whatever. But at least here we're getting a little bit of a glimpse of, you know, the world after. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I like it. I haven't read any of those books and I know nothing about the stories other than what's on HBO and I don't. I try yeah. to stay away from it. And I remember at the uh, during that penultimate episode, I, I reacted so loudly that Laura came into the room because she thought something oh was wrong. <laughs> and, and I no was like, joke. It was wrong. I, it was wrong. There was something very, <laughs> the, very wrong. I happened. agree, but I was so shocked. It just it rocked my world. Anyway, yeah, so that's great television for sure. Game of Thrones is definitely uh, what stood out in my memory when I was thinking back of shows that I actually cared about of the spring. Modern Family is, is the other one. Um, definitely that show is hilarious, and it also has very much heart that I love. It so, does. I agree. Those are my shows. I love Grey's Anatomy. You're right, Chad. Yeah. Josh. Josh, Josh, don't say Grey's Anatomy. Wow. <laughs> say it. Say Josh it. Says Grey's I will Anatomy. not say Grey's Anatomy. I'm going to fly I know what I'm buying you guys for Christmas this year. Oh, yeah. yeah that'll be great. <laughs> Buy me a, buy no. me a box set of Portlandia because Verizon no. stole our IFC when we switched from Comcast. No, they there's stole nine IFC seasons of DVDs that I'm that are coming your way, buddy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Better be the West Wing plus two seasons of something else. <laughs> nope. I we do overlap except for uh, Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and Modern Family, which I'll get to in a second. Oh. But. Top of the list um, would have to be Mad Men, which mm. is just keeps it's it's staying strong. It's really hard to compare seasons for me. It's hard to compare seasons of Mad Men against each other. So wait, are you, are you telling me their I should watch Mad Men? Their storytelling has evolved. 
Yes, you should watch. Mad you haven't Man seen Mad Men, Chris? Farrell. No, no, Chris tried, hasn't like, seen Mad Men. The first three episodes. And oh, it's made by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe we should give it another try, Chris. Yes. I feel like you should. Yes, you should. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. You're right, Josh. It's staying strong. Uh, I, I wasn't thinking of Netflix. I don't put to a a box with the general TV season runs, but I'm going to start having to because. Two of my favorite shows were there too, House of Cards and Arrested Development. Yeah. And those were both like late winter, spring releases. And yep. those were both fantastic. Yes, they were. Modern Family is the most overrated show on television, except for anything on CBS. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> they keep having Emmys showered on them for the only watchable comedy with gay main characters which is great for them. Oh, all, but that's, that's it's it. It's not enough to hold the show together. Wow. <laughs> every wow. once in a while, you know, every once in a while, Phil or Luke has a moment and you're like, ah, that's funny. But outside of that, you've got How do this. you know this? Do you watch <laughs> it or don't you? Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like no, you watch the show. No, I've seen every episode. I've seen every episode, but like maybe one or two. And we keep watching it because we've watched every season, but it keeps being not that entertaining wow see here's the deal like for me that show literally every time i watch it the the that that feeling Mm. or that actual event Event. happened the week before like i'm like oh my gosh yes i need to change the battery of my fire alarms in my house you know what i mean like it just it it Anyway, it, it, it consistently is somehow parallel to our Phil life. Phil Dunphy so. is the greatest TV dad ever. It's, it's perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I want to get back to how this parallels Chris's life, though, because which part of this ensemble <laughs> cast? It's the situations, Josh. It's not, not the people, not the characters. Josh doesn't like your, it because uh, everybody else likes your, your it. Your Colombian supermodel wife, who's twenty years younger than you. This, this, this is stuff awesome. that we enjoyed, You're enjoyed wrong. in the spring. In, in, in the spring. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. So this isn't really new from this spring. It's been around for several years, actually. But I just got on the bandwagon, and that is Parks and Recreation, oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a great show, and it's consistently funny, and which is great because after The Office and Thirty Rock both abandoned me. I need something. Agree. Like I've heard that. Agreed. I've heard that from lots of people, and I haven't seen a single episode yet. But I'm definitely. Oh, I'm, I'm going Chad. to. I'm going to. Bring I'm going the funny. to. Do it. It's on yeah, my it's list. It's awesome. It's on my it's list. Really obviously, you have to start from the beginning. Obviously. Yes. It's fantastic. I'll make a deal. I'll do that if you guys will watch Mad Men. How about that? Okay. Yes. That's Chris, a good deal. I don't Chris have to stay do silent. <laughs> I'm not Josh. saying a thing. I'm not saying a thing. Parks and Rec is fantastic. But I thought that. this last season of The Office was pretty great. You Did yeah. you watch the last season, Yeah, we, we didn't mention that. The last season was pretty good. It was. It was. totally was. Some of the episodes were wonderful. They really were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I so, cried a little bit. So for me, one of the things that we haven't mentioned, and I'm kind of shocked that I, I think, I thought, Chad, you watched the show, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, of course you did. The Walking Dead. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I enjoy that show quite a bit, and it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait for the uh, the next season. Uh, and then the other show that you guys haven't mentioned that I know neither, none of you guys have seen yet, uh, and I've mentioned before, but I'll say it one more time, and that is Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal is a great show, especially if you love thrillers and, you know, that kind of, I don't know, psychological thriller stuff. It just it really is it's a great show. So yeah. uh, th- th- those are my two picks that you guys haven't mentioned. Obviously, Game of Thrones. And uh, I think I agree with pretty much everything you guys said, except Grey's Anatomy um, is, <laughs> is, is on that list Merry as well. Merry Christmas. Uh-huh. I, um, All right, guys. Let's, I, tried oh, sorry, to wa- I was going to say, I tried to watch Hannibal on Hulu Plus, and guess what wasn't there? It wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, it's not. So. You, you have to watch it. Frustrating. You have to watch it on... What's cool though is is well not cool but what is an interesting workaround is if you what were you trying to watch it on? I think my I don't remember my iPad probably or my computer. Your iPad know. maybe? I, yeah, probably. So if you download the NBC app, all of the episodes are there. Really? Yeah, okay. it's a little annoying, and I I hope those kind of things get cleared up by this Hulu thing. I really do. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. 
Anyway, it's good. So let's talk about uh, the shows that you're looking forward to either this summer or coming up in the fall. Uh, let's uh, start it off, kick it off with uh, with Chad. What you got, man? Well, there are a couple shows that I want to mention that I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, number one, I'm looking forward to the new season of Grey's Anatomy. Dun, 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 oh my god! <laughs> but so, wow. there, so there are there are a couple of things. One newsroom, uh, the Aaron Sorkin HBO yes. news drama. Uh, just started its first episode last Sunday. I adore the writing that the man does. Uh, I know a lot of people hate it. A lot of people felt the agenda pushing uh, was a little bit too harsh for them. But it's almost poetic the way that he writes, and I can't help but be you know caught up in it. So uh, I'm looking forward to the newsroom. And then another show that just came out that I'm hearing lots of great things about, and I've only seen the very first episode and I really liked it, is another Netflix show called Orange is the New Black, based huh. on a based on a book that's a true story about a suburban mom that had a crime that she committed. And this is all in the plot description, so it's not I'm not giving anything away. Uh, a suburban mom living a very productive life, a crime that she committed about 10 years ago, uh, lands her in jail for a year. And so she wrote a book about it, and Netflix has made a show about it, and it's it's by the same creator of the person that created Weeds, the Showtime series, and uh, it's getting lots of good reviews, and the first episode was really great. So those are the two that I'm really looking forward to uh, probably most for the fall. I'll have to uh, I love newsroom. We just watched the first episode last night actually of yep. season two. So love Aaron Sorkin. it's uh it's great. And uh, I'll, I'll have to try out Orange is the New Black. I, I saw a couple of ads for it, so Yeah, absolutely. the first episode is is great. Yeah, I, I, it's really good. I think I'm gonna like it. Cool. Newsroom right. will actually want to get HBO, but Oh it's so uh, good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Well, I have a couple of shows that I'm excited to get to tell you guys about in case you have not heard about them yet. Uh, the first one that I found, because I just pretty much Googled fall 2013, so this is what I got. Uh, have you guys heard of The Blacklist? No. no. Well, this is a new show nope. with James Spader. Woohoo! I oh, love James Spader. Oh, yes. Yep. I, f- I feel like I have seen an ad for that, yeah. So the description is, the world's most wanted criminal mysteriously turns himself in and offers to give up everyone he has ever worked with. His only condition, he will work only with a newly minted FBI agent, Megan Boone, with whom he appears to have no connection. So don't really care so much about the description, but super excited about James Spader. But James Spader in that role sounds very interesting. And you I'm had me at James Spader, no doubt. So. Exactly, exactly. And another one that looks possibly good, but probably will be terrible. But I have hope, I have hope. Uh, the Crazy Ones. Have you guys heard of this? No. Uh, it is a Sounds single. Familiar, it is a single camera half-hour workplace comedy about a father-daughter team in the world of advertising, starring Robin Williams and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, I'm in. So yeah. That's right. Yeah, I saw an ad for, but it's it's CBS, is, is it not? It's CBS. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So. Uh, right producers there. are from uh, Ally McBeal and Arrested Development. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Well, Worth a try. Oh, David E. Kelly. That that's a big name. Oh, is it David okay, Kelly? Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be worth. Yeah, it. David E. Kelly does good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, uh, I thought I'll that do. that has promise. We'll see. We'll see. And then the last one, um, I've seen several uh, trailers for it. I guess it's a trailer, not really a trailer. Several promos for it in the theater is the new show Hostages. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer show with Tony Collette and Dylan McDermott. It's like a conspiracy hostage show. I don't know. It looks pretty good. All right, Josh, how about you? Well, uh, uh, the one I'm most looking forward to is just the return of Breaking Bad because I'm ready to get back on with that story and see where they take it. Yeah. I think this is the last season, right? It's the final. We're still midway through the last season. It's the yes. final, is it eight or 11 episodes or whatever it is? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, which makes me sad, but it's got to end time. Um, one that no one has mentioned yet, and I'm just shocked because it's amazing is Marvel's Agents of Shield. Come on. Mm, no. Yes, Marvel. It's on, it's on, it's on my uh, list. No. It's on my list. I I, I know it, it it could be awful but no. it could also be awesome. So could, could be could be. Got it. I cannot make myself be excited about that. Anyone? I can't. Huh? I want to. I can't do it. Really? This I is can't. Joss Whedon though. He's actually full-fledged into it. You know, know what I mean? Like 
I just can't. I'll have to see it. The TV, I mean, the TV be, budget uh, special effects on shows like this drive me up the wall. So, I'll but have again, to, maybe I'm really hoping that they'll, they'll they'll do do it right though. Not not necessarily be all big budget actiony, but actually do a good job with storytelling. They can do it. They can definitely be a great sci-fi maybe. show on on network. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll it'll see. be it'll be. I'm gonna watch it. Maybe we'll see. The Shield gonna be like the NSA. Is that how it's gonna be? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I really. That's kind of all I have for the near future. I'm also going to be checking out Orange Is the New Black because I keep hearing good things about it. All right, so uh, just three. Well, actually, two things. Since you took Marvel's Agents of Shield, uh, I didn't take it. Go ahead, talk. Go for uh, it. No, no. Uh, the, there, there's two upcoming. One actually is just getting started right now, and that is Top Gear UK. Uh, is back on. I am actually uh, subscribed to that via iTunes. Top Gear is one of the very best shows produced, in my opinion. It is hilarious and amazing. Yeah, it's a car show, but it is so much more than that. It's it's great. It's 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 a great great show. I, I can't get enough of it. So anyway, Top Gear UK is back uh, for a, its summer run, uh, and then um, I did the same thing Melody did. I googled uh, fall 2013 shows. And um, the only one that looked interesting to me, uh, and it's not going to look interesting to either of you guys, but definitely to Melody and I, it stands out. Uh, and that is a show called Almost Human. Uh, it is J.J. Abrams' new show from the writers and producers of Fringe. Uh, and I cannot, I cannot wait. That for show this. looks uh, great. No, that looks it great. It does look great. I'm definitely looking it? forward to that, yeah. Carl Urban is uh, the main character, and he is. It's a future world where all police officers are required to have with them uh, an android, and uh, he gets assigned an older android that was discontinued because it, it resembled humans too much. Um, and so he gets stuck with that one while everybody else has these kind of creepy looking androids that walk around. So anyway, it looks interesting and I really, I really do want to, I do want to see that show, but that, that's the only one that really stuck out to me other than obviously the, the shows I'm already watching. These are just the new ones that so, look maybe interesting. So what you're saying is there's room in your schedule for a little Grey's Anatomy. Uh, no. Dang it. No, there isn't. There's room in my schedule. Wow. with me. The cutting room floor. Mailbag. 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 <laughs> just say mailbag. Yeah, it just has <laughs> okay, to be. Okay, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. It's one cord. Mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> we got another letter from Adrian. They say, love the show. Hope to see, hear more episodes. I try to contribute a little every podcast as I listen and would be willing to throw a couple of bucks your way every month if I had a way to donate or subscribe. Also, as a side, I generally find all of your thoughts interesting, and the 60-second buzz can be a little distracting and annoying. I wondered if you'd considered extending it to, like, maybe 90 seconds and or using a little less annoying sound to mark time. Thanks for all the hard work. Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. Really appreciate your feedback. And we've been talking about putting a digital tip jar on the website for quite a while, and I definitely think we'll implement that. And, uh, you know, if folks uh, like what they're hearing... Feel free to to give and support. That would be fantastic. All of us are pretty much out of pocket right now for all the expenses that uh, the podcast incurs, such as uh, you know being able to 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 buy our hosting and our website. We're doing all that by ourselves, so uh, every little bit would help, and that would be that'd be fantastic. We yeah, really we really appreciate it. As far as the 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 time goes, I think we're fairly married to the sixty seconds, right, guys? Is that kind of we've kind of decided that's but for now? We have heard we have heard uh, several other people comment about the annoying buzzer sound, so perhaps we will uh, we will change that starting with this episode. Yeah, that would be good. We'll I see. think we should. It also annoys me. I agree with you, Adrian. It's, <laughs> it's, very just, so much, it's, it's just so much fun to buzz the heck out of you guys, though. I'm just being honest. It really is. Thanks for tuning in to the Screeners Podcast. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you'd like to talk about something you heard on the show, or if there's something you didn't hear on the show but wish you had, drop us a line. No matter how you're used to talking to people online, there's a good chance you can talk to us that way, too. On Facebook, search for Screeners Podcast. Tweet us at ScreenersCast, send us an email to ScreenersCast at gmail.com, or leave a comment at ScreenersPodcast.com, where you can also read up on all the things we mentioned in the episode and send us ideas for future topics, and enjoy the writing of Dr. Ziegler. 
As always, if you like what you hear, help us spread the word by leaving some love in an iTunes review. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.